Lord, we do lift up uh, those that are inter have interceded and are interceding on your behalf. We thank you the same peace, presence, and power that they're praying for, the same anointing, the same gifts that they're praying for on behalf of uh, your people in this house, on the way to this house, connected to this house, listening into this house, continue to flow through their lives and impact not just their lives, but everyone around them. In Jesus' name, amen. Forgot about, forgot about our intercessors. All right, so let's let's get into this word. Um, again, uh, we got to hit a new topic. That doesn't mean don't spend time in studying out uh, vision, uh, fight to see. You know, we'll revisit that again towards the end of the year because there's still a lot more to that teaching. But the Lord wanted us to hit small beginnings. And so let's look at a couple of scriptures and then we'll jump into this. I'm going to hit some very interesting angles of what the Lord wants us to uh, realize and be inspired by. Let's go to Job chapter 8. We'll go to Job chapter 8. We're going to lock in here on verse 7. Job 8 locking in on verse 7. It says, though thy beginning was small, yet thy latter end should greatly increase. Though thy beginning was small, yet, yet thy latter end should greatly increase. All right. And then uh, Zechariah 4 says it another way. It says, uh, it says, for who has despised the day of small things? Who has despised? the day of small things so if you think about you know even even that word despite you know and what it could mean you know like like almost uh, not having total value for something or you know uh, you could say taking something for granted or making little of it or not really recognizing its true impact Okay, so you have Job 8.7 and Zechariah 4.10, right? So, though thy beginning though thy beginning was small, yet thy latter end should greatly increase. Greatly increase. And so we shouldn't despise these, uh, these uh, small uh, starts or beginnings. The Amplified says this in Zechariah. In reference to Zechariah 4, 10, it says, who, and in, and in the brackets it says, with reason, <laughs> despises the day of small things. So who, 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 and it's almost like a rhetorical question, like who in their right mind would make little of something that begins small, right? And, and, and this is the reality. All beginnings are small. This is just, just, just. I want you to process this, and hopefully you take good notes uh, because God is really trying to infuse some things to us. We're gonna have a quiz at the end, so. This <laughs> is let's see. <laughs> yeah. So uh, look. So key key point here: all beginnings are small, no matter how large they appear in comparison to others. They are seeds in comparison to its destined fruit, fruit of purpose. All beginnings are small, though they may appear, some may appear to be larger in their beginning in comparison to the fruit of their purpose, they're small. So, so, the, the, so, so you can actually have a start that may be grand in the eyes of those that are around you, but that start is small in comparison to where God's taking you, right? So all beginnings are small. All beginnings are small. So we can't take them for granted. So don't despise the opportunity to maximize small beginnings. If you really understand and value it, it's just like understanding the value of this that seed. If you go, oh, that's just a seed, you can ignore it, you could despise it, you could take it for granted, and not water it and nurture it the way you, you, you should, not care for it in a proper way. Right? Does that make sense? Right? 
it was just like take, getting on taking a job and you take a job and you know I was sharing this with one of my nephews and I was like I said listen man you're in a great position I said you're young and you have the opportunity to start somewhere I said if you maximize this beginning and just grow and build deal with all the hurdles the heartaches the betrayals the people tripping I said Do you really, and, and this particular company is a fortune 500 company the, the start at this particular company is not what you're going to basically be running around your family and go, hey, I work for, well, I'll use, I'm going to use, wow, well, I don't want to use no names on, but it could be a restaurant, it could be uh, one of the companies that you could buy everything from, <laughs> all right, so, so when you first take the job, you, you're not going around saying, hey, I work for such and such, but actually, there's no cap on how far you can grow in that company, like, you can end up in in, in Singapore somewhere, at, at you know over seven hundred plants because there's no cap. Whereas I've worked jobs that pay a lot, but I was two steps away from that's it. You ain't going no further. I mean, every year you're gonna get your merit increase and stuff like that, but you ain't going no further because there's a cap. They only going for so. They might have been thirty years old, but you only can go for so far. But some of these companies that that. Especially these young people, or not just young people, some old, despise Fortune 500. <laughs> like, there's no limit. You know what I'm saying? There's no limit of what you can do. So you can't despise the opportunity to take advantage of that, right? And so, so this is this is something we have to lock into when we start talking about these small beginnings. Because if we look around us, we all are experiencing small beginnings. As large as it may seem, we all are experiencing small beginnings. So, are we serving and speaking to the undiscovered as if they're royalty? So, are we serving? Uh, the, the, the scripture says it's one of the foundation scriptures for the churches, uh, Galatians four, uh, one and two. It says the heir differeth nothing from a servant as long as he's a child, though he be lord of all, but is under tutors and governors to the point of time of the father. So, so that 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 heir. Has, is supposed to inherit something, right? A kingdom or inheritance. But in the child stage, the beginning, the small beginning stage, they're, 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 they, they're no different in status from a servant. Though, in actuality, in, in the exact same position as the servant, they're lord of all. They just have to go through the tutors and governors to possess their inheritance, right? But let's say if you start dealing with that person in their position and you disregard where they're going in their inheritance. The thing about uh, dealing with children of royalty, you train them, but there's a, a level of care that you have with them because you go, well, that's, <laughs> you know, that's the king's son <laughs> or the queen's son, right? Well, well see, I, I stopped for a second because Thank you. Thank you, Ed. He said, because we're the king's sons. <laughs> so, but, 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 so if you're a king's son and I'm dealing with you, I, I'm, I'm a part of royalty too. You, I have to teach you and train you, but I'm treating you like what? Royalty. So now we got to ask ourselves, are, is that how we rolling? Are we treating the people around us as royalty? Okay, okay. I don't want to, I don't want to skip. I don't want to skip. I just want to get this. I, I just want to make sure we're we're locking into some things. Let's go to Acts chapter ten. Acts chapter ten. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for not letting me go off out of what we're going to talk about here. So Acts ten, and we'll just hit a couple of scriptures to speak to what we're talking about here. Again, we're talking about small beginnings, but we're going to hit it from some different angles. So, so this is something that that Peter recognized. You know, uh, when, when you know when he was going through the process of him recognizing that God was trying to minister to Gentiles as well as the children of Israel. And if you you look through, you know, he had an open vision and things of that nature. And then once he ministered to them, and then the Holy Spirit fell on them too. And in verse 34, then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth, I perceive that God is no respect of persons. But in every nation, 
he that feareth him and worketh righteousness, key, key thing is worketh righteousness, is accepted with him. So here God, he was saying that, wow, like God is valuing everyone that wants to experience this level of inheritance, right? He's, 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 so he's not despising small beginnings. Uh, let's go to Romans 2.11. I just, you know, I like to confirm everything that we talk about with the word versus you know personal opinions or you know we may use parables and allegories but you should be able to look at the word and go hey God's looking at this the same way um, I am alright so Romans uh, 2 verse 11 it says but there's no respecter of persons with God so again it's saying people that are in their tutors and governor status their beginning status it says there's there's still a value but but in our culture we have a tendency to what we have a tendency to only value those that have manifested or arrived uh, we'll get into that later I don't want to skip Let's go to Romans and I'm sorry James chapter 2 uh, James chapter 2 verses 3 through 9 so, so far, I've read uh, Job, Job 8-7, Zechariah 4-10, Acts 10, 34-35, Romans 2, verse 11, and now we're reading James 2, 3-9, but I'm going to read it out of the Amplified, so... Um, James 2, 3-9. through 9. Right, So it says, uh, For if a man comes into your meeting place wearing a gold ring and fine clothes, that means he's rich, right? <laughs> it says, And a poor man in dirty clothes also comes in, and you pay special attention to the one who wears the fine clothes, and say to him, You sit here in this good seat. And you tell the poor man, You stand over there or sit on, sit down on the floor for all I care or by my footstool have you not discriminated amongst yourselves and become judges with wrong what motives it says listen my beloved brothers and sisters has not God chosen the poor of the world to be rich in faith and as believers to be what heirs of the kingdom which he promised to those who love him but you in contrast have dishonored the poor man is it not the rich who oppress and exploit you and personally drag you into the courts of courts of law? Do they not blaspheme, blaspheme the precious name of Christ by which you are called? If, however, you are really fulfilling the royal law, law according to the scripture, you should love, this is a key emphasis and we'll get into it later, love, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. That is, if you have an unselfish concern for others and do things for their benefit, you are doing well. But if you show partiality, prejudice, favoritism, you are committing sin. You see that? You are committing sin and are convicted by the law as offenders. Right? So here it's saying... Even though the poor man has not manifested his riches, he's an heir to the kingdom. So you can't despise his small beginnings and value him as less than. Because at this present time, it doesn't look like you can benefit from what he's produced. But that's how people roll. You know, whether it's ministry, whether it's church and life, all of a sudden, you know, like how come the family members that are doing well, you go out your way for? But, the, but those that may not be doing well, you pay them no mind. Because you're trying to get the hookup. <laughs> right? And so God is saying you're despising the small beginnings of the other person. See, and that's why the scripture says don't look on the things that you see for their temporal. Look on the things that you can't see for their eternal. If you're looking through eternity lenses or faith lenses, you'll see the greatness that's in the people around you before they've even arrived. And so you'll value them for their greatness even though it hasn't manifested yet you can't despise small beginnings right does that make sense I right, saw so no respecters of persons right 
And see, this is the thing. When it says no respect of persons, it's saying like, you got to watch like valuing those that may be in, in our world system because scripture says be not conformed to this world are given props because of their uh, uh, platforms. So, so we'll find ourselves always name dropping at the... So we, we'll name drop those that have manifested at the expense of, of those that are still mysteries. You know, so God's sons that are in process are mysteries. So, 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 so I'm not going to name drop. Uh, I'm not going to name drop Pastor Mel because Pastor Mel is not at this platform. I'm name dropping this person because they say this person is of more value because they're actor, singer, dancer, whatever. And and so God is saying we want to value everybody. So, I, so I was thinking about this. So you guys did, uh, well, your whole theme for the for for the women's event you have is one night with a king and right and um and you know so you know that's esther but i was thinking about the story to uh i was thinking about ruth right and so so the story of ruth is so ruth uh right, we'll just look let's look real quick uh ruth and let's do um chapter one It is because actually the story opens up talking about it was the time of judges. So it's right after judges is before uh is before we got into having our first king. So so it is between judges and first Samuel. Yeah, cuz judges is ending the reign of the judges and first Samuel's beginning the reign of kings. Pretty interesting, right? All right, so we'll just start uh chapter 1 and we'll we'll do verse fourteen. I said it was a famine in the land. I give you backdrop: the famine in the land, and um, it was a, a man of God who was married to Naomi, and he and because of the the famine, he died, right? And so they had they had uh, two sons, and so the two sons married two daughters. One's name was Oprah. <laughs> it's interesting. And the other one was Ruth. Well, then the two sons die. <laughs> so now you have Naomi left, and you have Oprah and Ruth. Okay. And so you know the thought was, okay, let's just go back. You know, since there's there's no men here, let's go back to our families. You know, and so then uh, Naomi was like, hey, you guys go back to your families because I have no more sons. There's no, no reason for you to marry. Now, the interesting thing is you have these women that are without a husband, right? So they're connected to another woman of God. So she says, well, now nah, y'all go back to your families. And they, they start crying. They're like, no, 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 we're just going to roll with you. And so then she emphasized it again. She said, no, 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 y'all going back to y'all safe place, right? I ain't got no more sons, even if I marry again. By the time my kids are born for you to marry, you're going to wait without a husband away from my kids? Man, y'all might as well go on back with your family. So Oprah goes, okay. <laughs> she goes, okay. But Ruth grabs a hold to the woman of God. She grabs a hold to the woman of God. She's like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> She's like, I'm not letting go. And then she, she okay, let's, let's, let's get into what the word says. I tell you, I told you verse 14, right? It says, uh, where am I? Okay. It says, and they lifted up their voice and wept again, and Oprah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth cleaved unto, unto her. And she said, behold, thy, sister, thy sister-in-law has gone back unto her people and unto her gods. Return thou after thy sister-in-law. And Ruth said, entreat me not to leave thee. Or to return from following after thee. For whether thou goest, I will go. Whether thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people. And thy God shall be my God. <laughs> it, says, it says, where thou, where thou dieth, will I die. And there will I, I be buried. The Lord do so to me. And more also, if art put to death, part thee and me. If if, uh, if anything but death part us, basically is what he said. 
And then when she saw that she was steadfastly minded to go with her, then she left speaking unto her, like telling her not to go. I right, so, so so just the whole process here. Ruth has to see something that Oprah missed. Right? Because Naomi had nothing to give her that was manifested. So she had to look at Naomi in her small beginnings and say, listen. Whatever you, whatever going on, whatever happens with you, based on you and your relationship with your God, I'm rolling with you. Nothing. If anything comes between us, if anything comes between us, besides death, the Lord do just crazy with me. If anything comes between us, <laughs> besides death, did y'all get that? Huh? Right, okay. Alright, so <laughs> what I'm getting too into do y'all know the story? They get into what? They 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 actually go to her land and it turns out Naomi has a family member that's paid. Boaz. Boaz ends up being Ruth's Ruth's husband. But suppose she didn't cleave. The child that they birthed is the lineage that starts David. Now, now, all this started with small beginnings. Right? Somebody had to have faith to stay locked in. Even though that person wasn't where they were supposed to be. So she had to see her at a place that she wasn't at yet. Right? Make sense? So that started what? The lineage of David. David's whole life is small beginnings. Okay, let's go to uh uh man. Let's go to Ephesians two. Cause this is the thing we we, we must. What this is saying is no respect to persons. We gotta value God's workmanship. So I use the example I just used Pastor Mel because we were talking about Naomi, but so so God's. That's God work, God's working on Pastor Mel's, working on Pastor Keith, he's working on Minister Lamar. He's working on Trina and Ty, right? So that's God's workmanship. So we can't we can't not value his workmanship, which is the sufferings of this present time, right? More or no, less than the finished work. So a lot of times we value the finished work more than the workmanship. Does that make sense? So the workmanship, we, you know, because people's already arrived. Like, everybody on your team when you arrive, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because they, you know what I mean? But the people that, 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 that lifelong relationships, and I remember as a young man, uh, I knew before he, uh, before he made it to uh, a high platform. You know, I won't be specific. And so, you know, some years go by, people start hustling and playing because everybody tried to jump on the bandwagon and he didn't know who to trust. So we sat out and talked. I said, man, it's real simple. I said, all you got to do is remember the people that valued you before you ever did what you was doing. That means they love you despite, it wasn't about what you do. It was about who you are. See, See they, they valued you even in the small beginnings. See, those are the relationships you're establishing now. Actually, those are relationships we're establishing. We the people that value us because of who we are. So those are the people that we know at every level we go to. These are the same people. You know, people that all of a sudden go, "You're wonderful." <laughs> you know, when everybody in America is saying you're wonderful. Well, I mean, it's kind of hard to to really. Just, you said decipher, right? Does that make sense? Alright, so so the scripture says, uh, well, Ephesians two, it's uh, as it starts off at verse eight, it says, uh, "We are saved by grace through faith." You know, right? Because that's not of ourselves, but it's the gift of God. And then verse nine says, "Not of works, lest any man should boast." Right? Then verse ten says, "We are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus under good work." So He's 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 we're in process, right? But the interesting thing is James chapter, no, Jeremiah chapter 1, it says God knew you before you was in, the, in, in your mother's womb, right? 
right, so so you were birthed into this earth realm, but God had an intimate relationship with you, had had already customized and fearfully and wonderfully made you and designed what you're supposed to be. All right, so before you got in the womb now, and then the, the, that scripture says, he was telling, he said, Jeremiah, you were ordained a prophet before he was in the mother's womb, right? So that means he was a prophet before he became a prophet. Does that make sense? So now, when he's birthed, he's a child. He's under tutors and governors. Even though he's a prophet, he's under, even though he's a prophet, even though he's a prophet, he's under tutors and governors until the point in time of the father. In the small beginnings time, right? But, but that means certain people have to recognize who he is before he becomes it and give him what he needs to become it. Does that make sense? But we have to recognize some things too, right? And embrace the preparation. Like if you know what your purpose to do, you don't spend all your time with, I'm supposed to do this, I'm supposed to do this. No, you spend all your time preparing to do it. Right? Because it's a given of what you're supposed to do, right? But it ain't a given that you'll be, ready, be, be able to handle it. So, so you can't despise or ignore or take for granted or make light of the small beginnings and all that you need to do in that small beginning stage. You could be so rushing out of the small beginnings, not appreciating it and valuing it, that you keep having to get snapped back into the place where you have to master that test. Right? And you can go years of snapback, 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 snapback. And because you're not passing the test. Because you don't appreciate. See, the only way people compromise is they don't believe they're going to manifest into what God told you you were going to manifest into. Like your seed was going to produce that harvest. So what you do is you take bribes. Well, I'm probably not going to get nothing anywhere, be nothing anyway, so I'll take this. I'll take this pleasure. I'll take this opportunity. I'll jump at this. And you keep jumping all over the place when the whole time all you got to do is this. Imagine a seed keep jumping out of the ground every time somebody gives it a bribe. Well, come over here, seed. Hey, hey, try this out, seed. Hey, seed. Hey, you sure you want to stay in that soil? That seed ain't going to never grow. Right? It can't despise small beginnings, right? Can't despise that dirt experience, right? <laughs> All right, so, because what? Look, the sufferings of this present time aren't worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in us. The sufferings of this small beginnings time is not fails in comparison to the glory that shall be revealed in us. Romans 8.18. Right? So small beginnings has value to it and and, and, and I, I would like to say because the Lord was showing me this. He said, Keith, this is where my people are, are blowing it. They're, 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 they're so like Rushing out of, not embracing, not understanding the, the importance of the, the, the beginnings. And they're, 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 like they're compromising. I, I, hopefully I'll take this respectfully when you hear this. I won't say no names, but you're going to know what I'm talking about. But I was in this venue with these, uh, these high-profile people. And so they worked hard to get to that stage. They still wasn't at the ultimate stage, but they wasn't at the actual beginning. And so when they got to that stage, people were offering them, I'm going to say, you know, now you rock star. Hey, 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 you go to a restaurant. Here's free pitchers of beer. Here's free wings. Here's free this. Here's a free car. Here's this, that, and the other. I was like, so really? I said, you worked all your life. And now you're going you're gonna to sell out what God has for you for a free picture of beer? For a, a free moment of pleasure? Like you walked out, I, that, that was my whole conversation. I just be like, so is that what you came this far for? Okay. Is that what you came this far for? Is that what you came this far for? Again, I, I, I get it. The story seemed like, yeah, I can't believe they was thinking like that. Why would they do that? <laughs> right? That's the, see, that's what the Lord is trying to say. Like, you've come far. Some things that we're doing, is that what we came this far for? Is that what we came this far for? Okay, all right. 
We good? All minds clear? <laughs> Alright, so, so I think about how many times the Bible tries to give us a clue or a hint about small beginnings. Remember, with the, the remember the parable of uh, uh, Jesus was telling the story of uh, Lazarus. Remember, he was he was like so. Lazarus was poor, the other guy was rich. So the other guy received good things in his life, and Lazarus received evil things. And so when when the time of judgment came, Lazarus is 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 doing great. So so the other guy's in torment. He's in hell basically. He's in torment. So he he says, hey, could you tell uh, Lazarus to reach over just. You know, just dip his finger in a little water. So I just, so I, yeah, just so I can get my thirst quenched just a little bit. Now it's, it's it's a parallel. So he's yes, he's talking about water, but he's just saying, I'm thirsty. Because see, this is the thing about lust. If you train yourself, the, the average the world, or if you train yourself in lust, and you let's say something happens and you you die at that moment. You okay? But you you die with that. You take that thirst over into eternity. But it can't be quenched. So think about the, the time you were thirsty and you felt you was going to pass out. Time you was hungry, you was going to feel you was pass out. Or the time you had an itch and you, you, you just needed to scratch it. If, if you live your life that way and you go into eternity and you can't, you can't scratch the itch. It's torment, right? Yeah, so that's why you don't, you don't, you, you don't get sucked into lust. You don't want to take that into eternity, right? It's torment, right? And so he's saying, like, I'm in torment. I, I, I can't satisfy or quench this urge. He says, because Lazarus hooked me up. He said, no, 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 no. You, was, you, you received uh, good things, and you paid Lazarus no mind. You despised Lazarus. You didn't see him of, of any value. Because he was, because he looked like he was without poor, you just walk right by him. He wasn't, he wasn't of the same body. He couldn't do nothing for you. You thought, <laughs> you thought, right? <laughs> so since you, since you couldn't see what he can do, you paid him no mind. Does that make sense? Right? So, so you know, y'all know the story. Well, that's Luke sixteen twenty through twenty five. So, so. You know, so in your study time, I just wanted you to to have that. Uh, let me see, shows. Let's let's give you. Let's go to Luke ten. It's another little story, which we've heard, but it'll lock into what we're saying, and hopefully, I got time for something I wanted to give you. All right, so Luke Luke ten. We just start at verse 25. All right. It says, And behold, Luke 10, 25. And behold, a, cer a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, Jesus, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit, possess eternal life? And he said unto him, What is written in the law? How readest thou? And he answered and said, Thou, thou shalt, look, look, love thy, the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and with all thy mind. Look. And thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right. This do, and thou shalt live. But he willing to justify himself, said unto Jesus, Who is my neighbor? Like, so now he's like, he broke down what to do. Jesus said, Okay, there you do that. Then he got convicted. <laughs> he's like, Well, I'm probably doing as much, but I, am, I don't pay my neighbors no mind. Because, you know, basically... This is a lawyer. He's doing well in his life. He says, uh, "He says, who is thy neighbor?" And Jesus answered, "A certain man went down." Now he's explaining to him who is thy neighbor. He says, "A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, and was and which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side." Like, I ain't got nothing to do with this. Right? And then, <laughs> and likewise, a Levite, a whole nother level of, of man of God, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. <laughs> right? It says, but a certain Samaritan, 
As he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. And he went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his beast, and brought him to an inn, and took care of him. And on tomorrow, when he departed, he took out two pence, and gave to the host, and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, like beyond what I've already paid you, when I come again, I'll repay thee. Which now, which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And he said, He that showed mercy on him. Then Jesus, then said Jesus unto him, Go and do thou likewise. See, so so he's saying like he gave this 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 situation of he, he was explaining neighbor the whole time. He was like, he was like, he said, okay, love the Lord. Love with all your heart, soul, and might. He's got that. Some of y'all do that to the best of your ability. Then it says, love your neighbor. The scripture says, love your neighbor as yourself. You know, all the commandments hang on two things. Love God, love your neighbor as yourself. So, so the guy's like, so who's my neighbor? <laughs> right? So then he broke down, like, pretty much, no respected persons, respecting those with small beginnings. How many people we ignore around us? Based on how they act. Based on their status. Like we'll value people. And, and I'll use me. I'll use me. So so when I first got. Uh, started living for God. Seriously. I've been living for God for a while. When I started taking it serious. Like I, I, I just can't be playing around here. So I moved to Ohio. And so I didn't go back home to New Jersey. I know this is, this is on video. But I had this conversation with my brother. I didn't go for about three years. Like I just wasn't going home. I didn't even consider it. Financially, I probably couldn't go too much anyway because of the financial footprint. But I wasn't even going to try. Simply because I was trying to live a certain way and I knew I couldn't do that around my family. Then one day the Lord says, so how are they going to get saved? How? Okay, are, what's your experience? Do you think it's a value? I said, yeah. He says, so how are they going to ever have access? Or even see my impact in your life he said you might be their only picture or their you might be the only one with a drink you ain't going and so I had to change my focus to go visit now again I have boundaries because I don't you know I don't smoke I don't drink they everybody knows that that's gonna see this video so <laughs> right so so I couldn't just go around and spend my whole time being the sin police because I would have no, I would have had a relationship with nobody. I wouldn't have been able to talk to nobody. I would have spent every minute of every hour because it was always something I could address. So what I had to do was come around them and look for opportunities to display Christ. At the same time, not put myself in a position of compromise. So so God gave me wisdom with that. Like I knew when to leave. I knew when it was about to, like babe. I was like babe. Yeah, it was about time to go. Because I had to maintain a certain level of sanctification. You understand what I'm saying? But I couldn't treat them as less than how do they get saved? How do we minister to them? And then if we expect them to already be walking on water, then why do we need love? Patience. Well, the scripture says the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, faith, goodness, gentleness, meekness, and temperance. Why do we need any of those things? If everybody's already ready made. When do we need love? When people are unlovable. If everybody was, was acting right in love, you would never even need to use it, right? So it's just an, it's a place and a demand on us to use some things. So, but again, we have to value everybody though. Okay? Alright, so now, and I know with some details to this, at the end if you have questions, please ask the questions. Because the scripture says you could be entertaining angels unawares. Right? Hebrews 13 two through five all because we're uh, uh, dealing with people or despising small beginners so let's go to I told you we was going to talk about David right so let's go to first Samuel 16 now David you know uh, y'all don't know by now David's my mentor you know he's taught me a lot <laughs> you know I mean he's got me through a lot especially a lot of uh, tough scenarios or unfair situations or situations where I would have put my hand on it David was my model of how to get through you know what I'm saying? So David, so so 
if if y'all see me as as your spiritual father, David's your spiritual grandfather, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. That dude is. Uh, it's a habit. I keep saying that dude, but David is phenomenal. All right. So let's look at First Samuel sixteen. Uh, verse 1. It says, The Lord said to Samuel, How long wilt thou mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Because remember, Saul was the king and, and was disobedient. So, so God's like, Oh no, we're we removing him from the throne. But Samuel, that was Samuel's guy, right? Samuel's like, You know, but that's my dude, man. Say, Oh, look, look. Samuel had anointed him king. That was his guy. There was a respected person, there was a value there. There was some compassion there, right? But what Samuel had to do was what was best, not so. So 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 God, look, God got tired of it. God's like, listen, you enabling this whole situation. Samuel, you know, uh, uh, Saul don't made a choice, right? Why why are you sitting around here still uh, crying over Saul? It says, fill thy horn with oil and go, and I will send thee to Jesse the Bethlehemite. For I have provided me a king among his sons. And Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hear it, he will kill me. <laughs> and the Lord said, uh, Take a heifer with thee and say, I am come to sacrifice to the Lord. And call Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show thee what thou shalt do. And thou shalt anoint unto me him who I name unto thee. And Samuel did that which the Lord spake and came to Bethlehem. And the elders of the town trembled at his coming, you know, and said, Cometh thou peaceably? Because, you know, the prophets will come in and shake up stuff. And he said, Peaceably, I am come to sacrifice unto the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he sanctified uh, Jesse and his sons and called them to the sacrifice. And it came to pass when they were come, look, look, that he looked on Eliab, Eliab, and said, surely the Lord's anointing is performed. So he's seeing the, the, the presence, the stature, the, you know, he was a top soldier. He, oh, no, this is definitely the king right here. I mean, we ain't got to be here all day. <laughs> I already know who the king is. But the Lord said unto Samuel, look not on his countenance, right? Or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. Again, man looks on the manifested, the Lord is looking on the mystery. <laughs> right? The small beginnings. Right? Then Jesse called uh, Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, neither has the Lord chosen this. Then Jesse made Shammah to pass by. And he said, neither has the Lord chosen this. And again, Jesse made seven of his sons completion passed before Samuel Samuel said unto Jesse the Lord has not chosen these now these all these all the sons supposed to come right brought the sons passed he brought what seemed obvious that these got to be the kings one of these are the kings because I trained them to be the kings I prepared them to be the kings right and Samuel said unto Jesse are here all thy children and he said every man yet <laughs> the youngest and behold he keeps the sheep I know you don't want that <laughs> and Samuel said unto Jesse sin and fetch him for we will not sit down till he come hither and he sent and brought him and now he was ruddy little short dude and with a beautiful countenance and goodly to look to and the Lord said arise anoint him for this is he. And Samuel took the horn of oil, anointing him in the midst of his brethren. Look, and the spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. So now, they, the obvious choice wasn't the obvious choice. So think about, for the, not just the family, but think about David growing up. You think about how many people probably took him for granted. Pay them no mind. Oh, that's the, the, the uh, that's the sheep dude. He out there, you know what? All his brothers, they got top jobs. They generals in the army, this, that, and the other. David, he out there just tending sheep. That dude is of no value. People weren't trying to do him no extra favors, <laughs> right? 
Because it's like, why? But I guarantee you, there's some people that know this. There's something a bit different about this guy. I'm going to go out my way to make sure I do whatever I can do for this guy. Because I don't know. I see, I sense and I see more in him than meets the eye. Right? See, this is the thing. You can't despise small beginnings. Listen, David just not only was a great king, we still talking about him. This is, we're in a, this is 2020. We still talking about David. There's plenty of kings in the Bible that we ain't still talking about. <laughs> we might reference them from time to time. Asa and them, right? <laughs> from time to time. But we ain't talking about them like we talking about David. Right? See, 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 you can't despise small beginnings. Uh, he's not here today. He might be listening in. But, so I did Bible study at Capital University. And me and Mr. Lamar, we was having this conversation yesterday. And I was saying how, you know, so, I mean, it just grew. It just grew. It grew. It blew up. But then uh, my leader asked to, for us to adjust some things. So we adjust some things. So then it went from blown up to small. Then it started to grow again. But this is the thing. And, I, and, I, and we were talking about, you know, uh, we were talking about uncertainties. And, and I was saying how we've been trained for uncertainty through different situations. Like David was trained for, for Goliath tending sheep. His brothers who was master soldiers ain't had nothing for Goliath. <laughs> David got his training behind the scenes. Right? So the interesting thing is, so this is, you can't script out all your training. You can go to every school imaginable. Saul's top sons went to every school imaginable. They were trained to be kings. And none of them was king. David got his training from God. So we were talking about this yesterday. And, uh, and I was saying how, how the Lord prepared us for growing, like coming to a pioneer church in the uncertainty through different stages. So one of the stages was uh, uh, doing campus ministry. The thing about campus ministry in Ohio, and this might not be uh, this might not be everybody's process, but and and but in Ohio to have a campus ministry, it has to be student led. So that means I'm coming on campus to do the campus ministry, but if there's not a liaison or a student to get the venue to fill out the paperwork. We just can't come on campus. So that means we got to believe every year there'll be a student that's going to show some initiative to say, hey, I got the student union. Uh, some of y'all know Donald. I know you deal with Donald. Uh, she deals with Donald through the uh, uh, webmaster. But Donald was one of those guys. After Donald was Isaac. Donald was the one that brought Isaac to Bible study. First day of Bible study, Isaac breaks down and starts crying. Isaac was a seven-day Adventist. First day. Second day, he comes in, he breaks down and starts crying. The third week, a young lady that came came up to me and says, what if you're a Christian and you're dating someone that's a seven-day Adventist? This is in the line. People can ask the question. So I asked the question. Now, I had no idea. <laughs> the young lady was talking about Isaac. She was talking about Isaac. Yeah, Isaac was sitting, he was standing right there while I'm asking the question. Thank God I answered the questions correctly. You know what I'm saying? But what I'm saying is, is, Okay, so then uh, at one time, some of the, the other ministers, eh, they just like the thousands of people at the church sometimes. And, you know, when you're behind the scenes they, on campus, don't nobody know you. But the thousands of people, people know you, so they wouldn't show up. So, so, so I would call, uh, especially when they had finals. So one day I called Isaac. I said, uh, no, he called me. He says, well, uh, uh, Minister Brad, I just want to let you know, uh, the students have finals. He says, so not a lot of them here. He says, I'm the only one here. I said, okay, I'll be there in five minutes. And so when I get there, he's like, why'd you come? I said, what do you mean? He says, well, I told you all the students was going to be here. And it might just be me. I said, but who's to say you're not Billy Graham? Like, everybody has value. So I can't go, oh, it's only one person. I'm not going. And I've been that way my whole life. I, I, I worked with the guy. I did a chapel for the uh, uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. And uh, it's, it's the uh, professional hockey team in Columbus. Uh, NHL, NHL team in Columbus. 
So I just did it. And so the guy that I was working with, he said, I don't understand. Like, it could be five people. It could be a hundred people. You flow the same way. I said, you don't know who's in the room. Everybody's valuable. Basically, you know, you know what I was really saying? You can't despise small beginners. But the interesting thing is, we've been doing it. We've been disregarding certain stages, certain situations, based on what? We've been pulled away from <laughs> we've been pulled away from embracing our connection, staying locked in, letting things come between because of small beginnings. Right? Amen? Alright, good. I right, so, <laughs> so uh, Isaiah 46.10 It says God declared the end from the beginning Right Right Basically So that means He started at the small beginning To decide What's at the end <laughs> the, the beginning is big it, 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 it establishes everything I think we talked about that a little bit too Like it's established It's the, it's the foundation So sometimes it takes longer for the foundation Sometimes the listen the thing that's most valuable to your house you can't even see you can't even see the foundation. Let your foundation crack. Your beautiful house is gonna cave in. So they have to they, they can't just like rush the foundation and take their time with the building. <laughs> they have to take their time with the foundation because that's what everything is sitting on. And so. Uh, so I have I have a friend. He's he's a, he's a uh, a contractor. He was the general contractor for the or the the church we we went to, which was a five six million dollar building. So when I first start teaching on foundation, I, I just like interviewing people. And I, and I, it, I was thinking to myself. I said, well, a tree. The higher the tree, the deeper the roots. If you if you didn't know that, it's true. So 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 if you see a, a huge tall tree. Those roots are deep. And a lot of times they're not where that tree is. Now, I, I did housing inspecting, and a lot of times people in, in, the, in big cities, you've seen this in Newark, right? You've seen like the sidewalks look like they, uh, you know, the squares are, are falling on, you know, rising up. Well, well those are tree stumps. Is that the, the, the tree roots, that little tree that they planted, which I don't know why they do that. You really shouldn't be doing that on, on a sidewalk like that because basically that tree is going to grow. And if those roots don't have place to travel underneath, they're going to start rising up, bucking up, and they're a lot stronger than that concrete. But there is, there, the, roots, the, the roots go deep, right? The roots go deep. So, so I, so I, so I called call my good friend. I say his name, Trevor. So I called Trevor. I said, so Trevor, let me ask you something. Because I noticed what taller the tree, the deeper the roots. I said, so is that true with a building too? He said, actually what we do is he says, if we're going to build a higher story building, he says, we do something that's called rebar, but it's like roots. And we have to go deeper the larger the building is. So, if God has this great platform for you, right? Great platform, great stage, right? And, and, and it's going to be so high. Roots got to go deep, don't it? That means the foundation is going to take a little longer, isn't it? Right? The little high-rise downtown, it took a whole lot longer to do the high-rise than it did for them to do the Harris Teeter around the corner. Right? Because the elevation is higher. Because the elevation is higher. <laughs> because the elevation is higher. Right? So we can't despise these small beginnings. Right? And, um... As I was meditating through this, uh, I was thinking through. Remember, he's, uh, Jesus started talking about the parable of my neighbor. So he's basically saying a lot of our neighbors we're despising, but they're small beginnings. That's why I was asking you the outreach question and actually have exactly what your stages already. But I just wanted to get a thought. Me and Mr. Lamar are talking about outreach. He's going to do some outreach. All right, so. And then you, you've heard me say this. He's heard me say this. You guys heard me say this. Sometimes we're outreaching, but we're, we're passing over people, right? The collection of people that we pass over the most is called our neighbors. And then, oh, stop for a second. 
because I know I know what you're thinking, and this we're including the neighbors in your house. I know, I know that's what you're thinking, but actually, there's some people at the store today with your neighbors, people at the barbershop, your neighbors, people that you work with is your neighbors, people at the gym, your neighbors, people that you just happen to run into is your neighbors, and so we, so, so a lot of times we're looking past them <laughs> to outreach people, but they're right around you. So the outreach ministry is going to do something called neighbors touch, right? Right. So, and what it is is, it's it's uh, touching your neighbors, not just the people in your neighborhood. If everybody's touching their neighbors, guess what? You're doing outreach. You mean you you? Things God already done put you in the community, <laughs> right? But we're Sometimes we're going, we're looking past all these people. Like, like, you know how we met? Because you was my neighbor at work. For one day. You have a good memory. <laughs> all that time I worked there, I never worked on Saturday. I worked Saturday that one day. We talked that one day. That's how you're here. Uh, Yadira. Because you work with Cynthia. I was a neighbor. The Bobbits. Stop. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> but you do you understand what I'm saying? Like, 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 so, 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 but if you despise small beginners, you'll devalue the neighbors. So some of the neighbors might be a family member right there. That you can share stuff with. Right there. Well, you know, you're just looking past. They're right in front of your face, right? What is this? You can't see the forest for the trees? Is that the, the phrase? Yeah. Right. And so, 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 God was talking. To, God set this stuff up. He said, it's not good for man to be alone. He set this up a long time ago with Cain. You know, but think about it. He said, he said, uh, you know, he already figured out what Cain did. He kind of hated his brother. To a point where it manifested in him killing him, right, right. But he basically was envious and jealous of his neighbor, right. And um, he made this statement. What's the statement? Am I my brother's keeper? Now I'm gonna say it this way. What I, we don't know whether or not your brother, you, you your brother's keeper or not. But if you're not loving them, you could be your brother's killer. So you may not be your brother's keeper, but if you ain't loving them, you could be your brother's killer. Right? Because because he didn't scripture says didn't call 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 people murderers. Right? Isn't that First John? Right? Now the thing about hate, hating is still hate. <laughs> right? Just like making that. I know y'all always look at hate like you know I'm gonna kill him, but hating is still what's in that word? Hate. See, you, you, this is a person that you're supposed to intercede for. You're supposed to lift up. You're supposed to push. You're supposed to assist. And you're so busy uh, depersonalizing that person into a rival. You're so busy trying to, to establish your level of, of, of control when just yield. That was the problem with um, Ishmael. All they had to do is yield. Be under Isaac and them. Hagar, that's all she had to do. But she's so busy depersonalizing Sarah into a rival. You got in on the whole thing. Milk it. <laughs> you, was a, you was a bomb woman. Yeah, are you kidding? You got in on it. So like, hey, hey, listen. Whatever y'all need me to do, I'm getting in on his blessings. Cool. I wasn't even a part of the family. Just, you know, just nine months ago. <laughs> Good, no problem. Hey, Isaac's running things. Hey, we just roll with him. We'll just, hey, whatever blessing he get, we get the blessing too. Right? You see what I'm saying? But we, 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 we lose sight of that. See, it's not, just about, it's not just valuing your small beginnings, but it's having God lenses to see the greatness in the small beginnings of others around you. So it's not just valuing your small beginnings, but it's having God lenses to see the greatness in the small beginnings of others around you. 
That's why we emphasize a lot here. Esteem others better than yourself. Look not every man on himself on the thing, on, on look every man on the things of others. Philippians two, three, and four. That's why we emphasize be faithful in that which is another man's and God to give you your own. Right? You can't be faithful like Ruth in another person's if you're despising their small beginnings. If you don't value them, if you think it's a wasted investment. Right? 